0: Well, good evening and welcome. Really good to see you here. And uh, I just need to start with a brief word of explanation and give some context about what we're going to seek to do uh, both tonight and next week. Um, just at the turn of the year, early January, I was asked to do a book review uh, for our website at FIC on this book by a friend of mine called Jeremy Marshall who had died just a few months earlier. And uh, he wrote this with a lady called Mary Davis in the last year of his life. And uh, it's called Scattering Seeds of Hope. And the book review coincided with Pastor Mike beginning a series here called, In the Morning, Come and See, Come and See. And on that very first message, it struck me that here was a book that could be a brilliant kind of assist to us uh, as a congregation. Uh, to look at together in tandem uh, with the, the whole series in Come and See. I, so I passed my copy of the book to Mike, and uh, I haven't seen it again, I'm afraid. But he was, um, he was taken with it and came back and, after a little bit of discussion, said, this will be great for us to do in our life groups. So the plan is, in uh, March, 12th, 19th, 26th of March, in our life groups, I hope you belong to a life group, that uh, we're going to look at the different chapters in this, but we're not looking at this tonight. This evening, we're actually going to focus just on on one subject, which is sharing, reading the Bible with somebody individually, one-to-one. The subtitle of this book, uh, hopefully you've got a copy in your hand, you'll see is Evangelism for the Discouraged and Ineffective. And um, if we're honest, I think that's probably the vast majority of us in this room, it is certainly my experience, often find ourselves kind of floundering, uh, a bit fearful when it comes to sharing our faith with friends and uh, neighbors and colleagues and so on. But one of the great things that Jeremy has done, I think, for the Christian church, not only in this country, but around the world, is to help us overcome our natural kind of diffidence and fear uh, and sense of uselessness when it comes to sharing uh, the gospel. So what we're trying to do tonight is to, first of all, say this is not to put a guilt trip on any single one of us. Quite the opposite, in fact, what we're trying to do is to encourage one another to see, actually, it's not a fearful thing, it's not a dreadful thing, something I need to be really anxious about, to think about sitting down with somebody for an hour and looking at the Bible with the help of a study. And we're gonna talk a lot more about that next week, but we'll, we'll touch upon that at the very end this evening. But there are loads of study aids that um, you don't even have to prepare the passage. You just look at the passage beforehand, answer a few questions, talk through it together just for an hour. So as I say, it's not about laying a guilt trip upon one another. It's about, if we're a Christian, being empowered uh, to share the gospel in this way, whatever age we are at, and whatever stage in the Christian life we're at. And uh, if you're not yet a Christian, that might be the case here this evening, then actually I want to suggest this is for you as well, because um, I guess the very fact that you're here shows that you have an interest in the Christian message, and I want you to think about, actually, which Christian do I know that I could just say to them, would you read the Bible with me? That's... So it's for all of us, whether are a Christian or not here this evening. So even if we're going to think about why we should do it, what the Bible says about that, and we're going to see a little video interview, we're going to have a little discussion in groups or in twos and threes, uh, and we're going to interview somebody who's uh, a very reluctant one to one And then uh, we're also next week going to go on to the how. How do you do it and uh, the nuts and bolts of it? Throughout it all, as I say, is to remove the fear factor and actually to empower us to say, whoever we are, if we're a Christian, we can do this. If I'm not yet a Christian, I can ask somebody to do this with me. But before any of that, let's pray, and we're going to then sing to, to God's praise. Uh, my heart is filled with thankfulness. So join me, please, as we pray. Father, thank you that you are the God who speaks. You communicate, you speak through the very creation the bible tells us that the the heavens declare the glory of god that all around us in this world that we inhabit you have left your fingerprints and your footprints and it's written all over creation your majesty your greatness your grandeur but thank you that even as we're seeing when we go through john's gospel that you speak most clearly to us through your word And through the word himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, who embodies all that the Bible has to say. And in fact, in one sense, the Bible is all about him and your activity in this world through him. So Father, as we come this evening, we pray that you'll be with us. Speak to us from your word, by your Holy Spirit, help us, inspire us, encourage us, that we might see that we ourselves can actually engage in telling other people the gospel. So come and glorify yourself this evening, we pray, Father. Thank you that uh, our hearts are full of thankfulness when we consider your goodness and your love and your mercy that's reached even us. We thought of that this morning. We celebrated that this morning with those six folk that were baptized. Thank you, God, that you are constantly at work in this world. Be at work in our lives this evening, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Chris. Let's
1: start My heart is filled with thankfulness to you.
0: we're standing, perhaps just one or two in a sentence or 2 we'd give thanks to God for our Saviour.
2: Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we do pray for tonight, we
0: pray for to Amen. Father, I thank you that the king above, salvation is in
2: your hands, not ours, and that everyone is saving you, you will keep
0: at all of Amen. 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 Please be seated. Okay. Why do one-to-ones? Well, obviously, the best place to start, uh, the only place to start, really, is in the Bible. And appropriately enough, we don't have to go very far from where we are in the morning. In John's Gospel, just in the opening chapter, chapter 1 of John's Gospel, we get uh, several examples of people encountering Jesus or sent on an encounter with Jesus and then going to find somebody else and bringing them along. Let's have a look at them together, please. Um, If you've ever got a Bible, it's fine because it's going to be on the screen. I'm going to start in John chapter 1. And verse 35. The next day, John, that is John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. Now we're told in a minute that one of those disciples was Andrew. And we're going to come on to him. When John saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. They just went to see what he had to say. So that's the first kind of instance of it but just come down a few verses for then in chapter 1 verse 40 we read this Andrew Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John the Baptist had said and who had followed Jesus and the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him we found the Messiah that is the Christ and he brought him to Jesus. So you see what's going on here. John the Baptist points out Jesus to two of his disciples and we know he's saying to people, don't follow me, follow him. Two of them, including Andrew, go and then whatever happens there, in a very short time, Andrew is then seeking out his brother, Peter, and telling him that we've found the Messiah and bringing him to Jesus. What we're doing in one-to-ones is actually bringing people to Jesus. As Rico Tice puts it, you you want to get people just reading the Bible together so that Jesus can walk off the pages of the Bible into their lives. That's God's work. That's God's uh, sole work to do that uh, in in a person's life. But look, it, it doesn't end there because... Then, in verse 45, there's another instance. Now, obviously, this is all to do with the disciples, with the apostles that Jesus is calling. But again, here we read in verse 45. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, Nathaniel is the arch skeptic. Nazareth, can anything good come from there, he asked. Here's the watchword, come and see, said Philip, come and see. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, there's truly an Israelite in whom there is no God? How do you know me, Nathanael asked. I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. That must have been absolutely staggering, wasn't it? it mind-blowing for this, this guy, this skeptic. And here's a man he's never met before who tells him about an encounter that he's just had, tells him what he's been doing. John is just flagging up that Jesus knows about everybody, every individual. So there's just three examples. But there's another, another place in John 4. Let me ask you, what was, who is was the person in John 4 who then does a similar thing? The Samaritan woman, the, the woman uh, of Samaria, the, the woman of Sychar, and you remember, she has that intriguing conversation with Jesus. She's, she's evasive, she's telling half-truths, but Jesus lovingly, caringly pins her down in the nice possible sense, and then, before you know it, she's going back to the town and she's saying, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did, Obviously, Jesus hadn't told her all that she'd ever done, but she realized that this encounter with this strange Israelite that she'd had at the well was was an encounter with no ordinary person. It's an encounter with God himself, who knows me through and through. Come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Now, there was nothing special. I just want us to, to see this. There was absolutely nothing special about those people that acted as kind of intermediaries, as messengers. They were just ordinary men and a woman who who went, and because something so wonderful had happened to them, they wanted to share that news. That's what it's like, isn't it? I always remember when um, Abigail was born. Now, this is a long time ago, folks. This is like, well, I shouldn't give her age, but let's just say it's several decades ago. And down our local, News agent, supermarket, delightful family there from India that we got to know quite well. And um, I went in and uh, bought something there and announced the news. And uh, Kieran, his name, said to me, I know, he said, your wife was in here 10 minutes ago telling me the same story. <laughs> the point is, good news, you want to share it. You want to share good news. And that's Simply what we're doing as Christians, we actually have the best news in all the world. It's the only ultimate good news that there is because it's an everlasting good news if you receive it. It's also everlasting bad news if you don't. But the way that the gospel spreads, I want us to see, is primarily through people bringing another person sharing the gospel with them, opening the Bible with them. That is not for one minute to say that preaching is not necessary. I spent my life preaching, so I believe it is necessary. And what we do here on a Sunday is vital, that proclamation of the gospel. But the reality is how it gets embedded in people's lives is through individuals. Think about your own life if you're a Christian. Who were the individuals that were so important in your life and God used to bring you to Christ? If I think of my own life, I look back on it. I was raised not in a Christian home. I was sent to Sunday school, uh, to a local Brethren Sunday school on a Sunday afternoon. It gave mum and dad a break from us. They shunted us off to the Brethren Sunday school, Pine Road in Tolworth. There, though I didn't realize it, Mr. Hogbin was planting a gospel seed in my mind and my heart so that when in my teenage years I began to hear of the gospel I already knew something of it but again it was another person that came along there was John Blythe who was an RE teacher at Hinchley Wood I was a great sportsman he did what we could never, teachers could never do now. He used to give me a lift home after the cricket match on the back of his Lambretta. Can you imagine that today? But that's what happened. But basically, although I didn't realize it at the time, here's a Christian, what's he wanting? He's wanting Jesus to walk into my life. So he shows appropriate friend, friendliness and encouragement to a young 13 or 14 year old. And then God sends my sister. My sister Jenny, who gets converted when when I'm about 17. Now to understand my relationship with my sister, I've told the YPF this that um, when I was about seven and she was 12, she used to so aggravate me that once I picked up a poker, which is what in the old days when you had a coal fire you stoked the fire with the poker. I hit her over the head. I don't recommend this, but I hit her over the head with this poker. Fortunately, she had a real shocking big bit of hair, so she absorbed it. But the change in her life spoke to me. You see, this is the thing. People aren't looking for perfection. They're just looking for authenticity in other people, in people that are Christians. She introduced a guy called Nigel Lavender to me, and he started to tell me the gospel just there in Somerset Avenue, in a house in Somerset Avenue. And then when I become a Christian there was a guy called Ian Oliver who used to run the YPF here many, many years ago, about 3,000 years ago and every Thursday he would take me to a wimpy bar, now you've got to think McDonald's, okay, a wimpy bar in Leicester Square, he'd pay for it, which is great, and we'd, he'd talk about the gospel with me, he would be encouraging me in the gospel. Now, that's just a bit of my story, but when I look back on it, I think, how did I hear this gospel? How, what did God use? He used these very ordinary people, some of you I was very, like my sister, very abusive to, sadly, but he used them that Jesus might walk across the Bible into my life. The point is very simple. There's a sense in which one-to-ones are as old as the gospel itself. I know the gospel goes all the way back to the beginning of creation, but you know what I mean? Here, when Jesus reveals himself in John's gospel, immediately it's one-to-ones, one-to-ones, one-to-ones. Go into all the world and make disciples. How do you make a disciple? Not en masse, one-to-one. Okay, let's come on to my friend Jeremy Marshall. There's a picture of him, I hope. There he is. What a splendid chap. He was one of the most remarkable men that I ever had the privilege of knowing. His father had been a pastor, and uh, Jeremy's father, John, his idea of a good summer holiday was to bundle Jeremy and his three sisters, with himself and his wife, into their car and go Bible smuggling in Ukraine in the days of the Iron Curtain. And every year they would go off and smuggle Bibles into and beyond the Iron Curtain. That sowed a seed in Jeremy's life, I think, that never left him. These, these dangerous childhood sorties wrote, wrote in Jeremy's heart a passion to reach people with the gospel It stayed with him till his death. He was a very successful businessman. He ended up as the CEO. There's only two private banks left in Britain He ended up as the CEO of one of them, C.H. Hoare and Company. 350-year-old bank. He was the first non-Hoare family member to be appointed to the board and as the CEO of it. And the business flourished under him. But then, suddenly, nine years ago, he was diagnosed with cancer. And he was told he had, at most, 18 months to live. So he stepped away from the business and being a Christian, he accepted that this was, this is what God had for him. But he determined to use those months to share the gospel while he had the strength to do so. Well, as it happened, God granted him eight more years. And he became, I think, one of the most remarkable and effective and very natural personal evangelists. He was simply full of the gospel and full of a heart to pass it on to other people. So this book written in the last year of his life is basically, as we're going to see in our small groups, just just about how we can do that. Some of the how of it. We're thinking tonight of the why. Some of the how of it. But he wrote this book to encourage us. So here's, here's an extended clip of an interview that I did with him about four years ago during COVID. Uh, The quality is not as good as it could be, but um, I wanted to show you this clip because it conveys something of his passion and practicalities about doing one-to-one. Now, as you watch this, can I ask you to do one thing? Because after it stops, I'm gonna ask you just to do in twos or threes at most, just turn to the person next to you and just, just highlight perhaps one thing that strikes you in what Jeremy has to say about uh, doing one-to-ones. Now, our context was he was talking primarily to pastors and encouraging pastors to do one-to-ones and not just say to the congregation, uh, do as I say, but rather do as I do. So that's a little bit of the context of it. But all the way through, as you'll see, he's trying to remove that fear factor and saying, look, if I can do this, Anybody can do this. So let's watch this, and then I'll, I'll get us to just have a, a little chat with the person next to us and, and feedback a little bit upon our uh, reactions and the things that strike us from that. Thank you.
3: It's if I wrote at the top, men and women, and at the bottom, staff and non-staff, would it surprise you to learn that of the, say, 30, 40 people who have had a go at this, reading a Bible with a friend, that pretty much they all fitted in one of those four boxes, right? And which box do you think it was? There was silence, right? All these men looking at the floor, looking at their shoes, cough, cough. I said, would it surprise you if I told you they were all in the box, women, non-staff? So in other words, in our large church, and this is a very big church, the people have had the courage to cross the pain line, as Rico Tice calls it, and to go and ask a friend, would you like to read the Bible with me? They've pretty much been all women and pretty much all on, uh, none of them on staff. So friends, I, I realise that you're very busy and that my father was a pastor. I know what it's like to be a pastor. But I really think it would help you to help your congregation to just have a go with one non-Christian friend, I hope you have some non-Christian friends, and just ask them these three simple questions. These are my questions, right? You can you can adapt them, but you can borrow them. Question one is, do you mind me asking do you have any particular faith? Do you mind me asking do you have any particular faith, or is there something important in your life? Is, is there some belief that, that helps you? And when people answer, shut up. Don't argue with them, just, just listen to them. Secondly, did you ever look at the Bible? I can tell you most people in the UK, under 60, zero Bible knowledge, really, really zero. Half of the people in the country in a recent survey, which is terrible, but also an opportunity, said that they thought Jesus either never existed or was a mythical person, a mythical person like Robin Hood, maybe existed, maybe not. We can't really know much about him. And then my, so people typically say no, or when I was a kid once. And then third, my third question is, would you like to have a chat with me about the Bible? Or would you like to have a look at the Bible with me? And then I whip out my, my, my one-to-one. You can get it online as well. It works perfectly well on Zoom. And what I find, friends, is it's amazing how many people agree to do it with me. Now, my secret weapon is, right, I'm sure some of my friends feel sorry for me because of, because of cancer. But even if people turn you down, which they do, very nobody has ever been angry with me for asking it. And, and far more people have agreed to do it. And what I find is every time that someone agrees to do to to look at John's gospel with me and have a chat about John's gospel, that God has already been at work in their life. And God works, it's like the football story. God works in mysterious ways. Friends, we must take that first step out. We must, if you like, step off the diving board and let gravity, i.e. God, do its work, and we'll plunge into the swimming pool. And when we do that, we're splashing around and we think, hey, I can do this. Let me give you an example. I had a friend, who came to me in a most extraordinary way. I, I can't tell you the whole story, but basically it was like an open goal, if you like, which even a Watford player can't miss, where where, where he started pouring out all these problems. And I said, would you well, would you like to read the Bible with me? And he said, oh, I'd love to do that. Would you mind? I said, yeah, I think I could manage that. Anyway, to cut a long story short, we we stopped for about two years because he was so busy and we had lockdown. But I kept, I kept asking him, would you like to chat about the Bible? Oh, I'm busy now, I'm busy now. Anyway, about six months ago, he came back, and he's he's laughing up, and he said two things. He said, one, I so appreciated you taking an interest in me. I so appreciated you taking an interest. When we offer friends to read the Bible with someone, we're taking an interest with them. There's a friendship there. And secondly, he said, and this is is the hand of God, right? He said, you know, something strange happened to me. I've had this kind of comment a lot from people. I, I have about 15 or so people I read the Bible with. I've had this comment a lot. He said, um, I had a new bathroom put in my house, and the plumber, and this guy lives down near the Sussex coast, right, a long way out of London. The plumber, turns out, was a Christian, right? How many Christian plumbers are there in Sussex? Precious few, I bet. No, he said, I got chanted to this guy, and I said, I've been reading the Bible with a friend. And the plumber said, oh, you should do that. That's a really good thing to do, right? So this guy came back. I find many more people are open to the possibility of, of, of reading the Bible with us than we realise. But we have to take that first step of faith. We have to ask them that question, would you like to have a chat with me about the Bible?
0: There are some, um, just one a little aside, which was um, when you and I were, when you very kindly invited me to watch Watford, and that's the last football reference, uh, a year or so back, Chelsea were playing. And afterwards, we went into the club shop and um, this guy came up to you from South America, do you remember this incident? And um, got chatting with you and, and I said to you, who's that guy? And it's a remarkable story, isn't it? Just, just in one minute, could you tell
3: us about him? Yeah, you know, this, this is another, this is, please friends don't think it's about me, right? I'm a sinner, I'm not a good person, but somehow I just get so excited about sharing God's word with people, I can't stop. So I was having one-to-one with a friend in a coffee shop in London, and this guy was waiting to have a coffee with him afterwards. And he came up and we, I was just packing up my stuff. He said, do you mind me asking what you're, what you're looking at? I said, oh, yeah, you know, never miss a chance, right? I said, it's John's gospel. He said, oh, I, have, I said, would you like to have a chat with me? And, yeah, and, and, and since then, this guy has now become, become, and I've seen this in other people as well, he just loves God's word. I believe he's saved. And he just reads God's word from, I, I don't need to do anything now I just tell him which book of the Bible you in. Have you got any questions? So yeah, that that's that sort of. When these things start happening to you, friends, it strengthens your faith. That's what we need, isn't it? I was reading Psalm thirty-one this morning with someone actually one one-to-one, and um, the last verse is we, we must strengthen each other. And how does God strengthen us? Because when we when we when we step out in that, it, however trembling, however nervously, and it's tough if you're a pastor to ask a friend. And and God honours that, I believe, that that trembling question. Then things like like the story with the plumber or like the story with the friend in the Watford shop happen. And you think, oh, yes, actually, God is at work, isn't it? And that builds your faith. And that will happen, I believe, also. I've seen that happen in churches. As different people do that, and it's often the least likely person also in the church who who just, I had a story this morning, Uh, a friend I've been training his church, it's in Yorkshire, on, on doing this, and he said, Oh, wonderful news, Jeremy. I've got a 16-year-old who's got a stepbrother. And this stepbrother, who's 18, he's completely gone against church. It's a very difficult family circumstance. And his 16-year-old brother said, would you like to have a chat with me about the Bible? And he said, oh, yeah, I would. And now they're doing it. So, yeah, God, friends, God is powerfully at work. But we must take that first step of of exposing them, if you like, to God's work. This is a terrible analogy. Trevor, you're going to hate it. But I imagine it's like dealing drugs, isn't it? I don't know. We would never deal drugs, I'm sure. But do you do you think drug we're dealing dealers, drugs are all, the,
0: all the time, Jeremy? Yeah, I think.
3: They, they try and persuade people to try a sample, don't they? They say, "Try this." Yeah, and they give them. A, so we're we're not peddling death and addiction. We're peddling God's word. So there is a powerful dynamic in God's word, and if we make it available in an accessible form, I believe many people are drawn to it, and 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 it changes them.
0: Well, what a character. Uh, you get his enthusiasm. Just in, in twos or threes, whatever's appropriate, just, just spend a couple of minutes. Just, there was so much in there. Just one thing that particularly struck you from it that you thought, oh, yeah, that, that's right. Let, let's do that, and then we'll get a little bit of feedback on that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to um, interject, a few people want to uh, react back as to a particular thing that struck you from what Jeremy, those encouragements he was giving, I'm going to ask you Dave Robertson. You're still talking, okay. Yeah, the strengthening of his own faith, wasn't it? it was very, and you remember he used that diving board analogy, which actually didn't connect with me, because if I jumped off a diving board, I wouldn't come out because I can't swim. So, But I know exactly what he means, is that whole thing, isn't it? That um, it's not until we step out in faith, and he discovers these things, where, where God's with him and God's at work. Uh, so it's a very powerful thing. Anything else strike people? Paddy. Yeah, this is an amazing thing. We don't know what's going on in people's lives. And you discover it time and time again. You have no idea what person's background might be. And uh, probably older people, they undoubtedly have some connectedness uh, with a Sunday school, or they'll know something about the Bible, they'll know something about this. But you don't know what's gone on in the background. And time and time again, you just discover, actually, God's been preparing them, God's at work. So that's a great encouragement, isn't it? Sorry, was it Martin? got to be genuinely interested in somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. It's, um, it's the power actually in, in a day and age when people, it's very transactional in relationships. The, that guy was struck, wasn't he? That uh, here's this, this man and he's got a real interest in him. He follows him up. He's, he's just in contact with him and he's, he's not giving up if the guy says no once. It's okay. It's no big deal. Opportunity will come again. Just one or two more. It's pretty really good. Yeah, right in the back, Sam. Yeah, wasn't that a great encouragement? People are much more open to say yes than we think. And it's kind of, when they do say yes, you oh, really, you want to? <laughs> You can't quite believe it. But they are much more open to it. Actually, in spite of all that's going on around us, and we're told it's very post-Christian and so on, actually, it doesn't mean that there's not a huge interest in spirituality. Um, and so this, this whole thing, the Bible is a foreign landscape to them. Um, and so... What's the worst that can happen? They say no, but actually, they're far more interested very often. And Jeremy's point was, wasn't it, if, it, if they say no, that's so fine, you move on, you just kind of, but um, I mean, he mentioned there, he was ending up doing 15 one-to-ones. So I'm not suggesting we do that. I would just be thrilled if we were all doing a one-to-one, that would, be, that would be sufficient. But he had the opportunity and they were, God was just opening it up and it was a very concentrated time because he was dying with cancer. One more. Mike. Yeah, the uh, the power is in the word. It wasn't about him. Yeah. It wasn't about his cancer. That's right. The power is in the word. We're just the channel. We're just the messenger. We believe in the power of God's word. We know from experience the power of God's word. There's nothing like it in the world. The, the world is dynamite. It, it literally is. The power of God, the dynamite of God is in the word of God. And we simply need to uh, have the confidence in that, but actually, as we have the confidence, our faith will get strengthened as we as we step out with that. Okay. Well, I just want to begin to to round up by saying this: that the opportunities are there. I think it's very often our mindset, isn't it? Are we looking for them? So, for instance, when we come to church on a Sunday, do we come with the mindset of actually? Is there one person today that I could have a really good conversation with? Maybe another Christian. It might be somebody who's struggling. It might be a non-Christian. Now, the thing is, friends, under this roof in these days, God is bringing so many non-Christians across our path. But how are they going to move from that to faith? Yes, they'll hear brilliant preaching, consistent preaching, but they'll need somebody to do a one-to-one. So Val had this thing just last week in Friendship Club where she said to this, this elderly lady, have you ever looked at the Bible? Would you like to look at the Bible? And the woman said, yeah, I would actually quite like to do that. We've just, we've just got to get in the mindset that actually how is it going to happen? So there's all sorts of clubs happen under this roof. There's all sorts of youth work and uh, children's ministry. There's connectedness with parents. There's, there's opportunities all around us but how is it going to happen humanly speaking it 's down to you and I. It will happen because we 're here as god 's agents for that. It will happen as we just kind of uh, step out of our comfort zone and simply say to somebody, "Hey, w- w- what about reading the Bible with me?" And by that we just mean getting together for an hour, once a week, once a fortnight, whatever is comedian, uh, looking at something. Now, he mentioned the word one-to-one, and we're going to begin to close on this, and we're going to have copies of this next week for everybody. But here's, here's uh, the guy who started this, again, was a city businessman who um, was having all sorts of uh, opportunities with his friends and uh, about the gospel. And um, it, this, this started because have you, many of you have heard a man called John Lennox, So this this Richard Borgonnen, who started this, he was a friend of John Lennox, and he got him to come to a private dinner with this young city businessman who said he was a kind of an agnostic, atheist agnostic. And they had dinner together, and and, uh, Richard said it was like ping pong. Boom, 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 question, question, answer. uh, And this went on for about three hours. And at the end of it, the guy said to Richard, would you get him back again? So they did it a second time. At the end of the second time, that this man who's the agnostic, the atheist, said, Oh, it's amazing. Could you get him back again? And Richard said to him, No, I'm not going to waste his time. You're ignorant. You're ignorant of the Bible. they very bold to say that, isn't it? Yeah. You're ignorant. What I will do is I'll read John's Gospel with you so you begin to know what you're talking about. So then Richard, having made that offer, panicked, because how is he going to do that? So he... Off. you see there was a little clip of a guy it was a bit weird, we couldn't cut it out but that was William Taylor who's the, the pastor at St. Helens big church in the city of London he went, to, he went to William and said hey I've got this opportunity what am I going to do? he said it's John's Gospel he said just take him through John's Gospel so initially he wrote it out on an A4 sheet just like a business document a few questions, bit of text, few questions answer the questions, you got any questions for me that's what they did it gave birth to this, uh, the word one-to-one. So what I'm saying, there's a lot of opportunities under this roof, but there's also loads of opportunities, I think, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our colleges. It just, it's not simply about in here, it's actually as much about tomorrow morning, where we are on a Monday morning, and for loads of us, that's in the workplace, or it's in school, it's in college. So those opportunities are out there. Now, I said to you, I, I want to introduce you to the most reluctant one to one in the church. Now, I'll, I won't ask you to, but just say who that might be. Just don't shout out an answer. Uh, and I'm going to surprise you with the answer. Okay, who's the person in your mind? Don't, don't tell me, just keep it to yourself. But the answer is Michael Tyndall. Here he is. Mike, come and join me. I think I'm right in describing you as a kind of reluctant one-to-one-er. Yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Okay. Now, Mike, uh, in, the, in that video, Jeremy was particularly encouraging pastors uh, to read the Bible with non-Christians, making the point that very often as pastors, actually the number of times we're in contact with non-Christian friends becomes a little bit limited, yep. and it can end up, I know what it's like, you feel a fraud because you're encouraging people to do something you're not doing yourself. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy did that very powerful thing, didn't he, with that matrix, and the, the, the people in the church who were doing it were primarily the women yep. in the church. So uh, did, you, did you find the thought of doing a, a one-to-one uh, exciting or daunting? Well,
2: to be honest, I didn't think about it. So I think my default for many years has been if I know somebody, I will invite them to a church service, maybe a special service, evangelistic service, or if I'm really brave, to a course. Those are my two go-tos. And I just realised that there's a lot of people who might go to a church service once, once a year, or, you know, Christmas carols or whatever, and a fewer number of people who go on a course... But it just, I had a light bulb moment last year that actually doing, saying if you fancy reading the Bible with me, is really easy for everyone. It's easier for them, because they don't have to carve out an evening and they don't have to go into a strange place, go out of their comfort zone. And it's actually really easy for me too, because I just opened the book. Because funny enough, being a pastor doesn't make it easier to do this kind of thing. I think it actually makes it harder most people would rather go and see a dentist, than talk to a pastor. Um, I'm—I don't have many friends, so talk about talk to your friends. I don't have any, um, and one to one, I generally feel quite awkward. So, people are afraid to meet you because they think, oh, you're you're an expert. Being an expert does not help. But what this does is it makes it really easy for them, because it's just you just have. Uh, it's very nicely put together, a short snippet from John's Gospel, and lots of little kind of notes down the side, ways of working through it. So I met this guy at, through the church who uh, is a relative of somebody in the church and wanted to talk to me about something, and we talked about that issue. And we actually spent most of the time just just getting to know him, discovered he was about pretty much the same age as me. Uh, he's in business, I used to be in business, he's got loads of kids, so do I. You know, so we had kind of various connection points, and I just thought, I'm going to go for it. So I said, would you would you be interested in doing this? And um, he was like straight in, and he loves it. I mean, he, he's devouring this thing. So I've now got two other friends um, who I've got to know since coming back to Chesington two years ago. One's a neighbor, one's a sort of friend from the school gate. And I realized that over the two years, there's probably been one or two spiritual kind of connections. They're just things they've mentioned, you know, there's just, but it's not on the radar most of the time. They don't, we don't go there. But I think this is the way they're not going to come to a course. They're probably not going to come to church, but I think they will do that. So my prayer at the moment
0: is to, to ask those two friends. Because coming to a course, coming to church is a huge step, isn't it? Right. This is actually a relatively small step. It's a step. baby step. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, right. And so, you, you, your experience of that has been positive, obviously.
2: Surprisingly positive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and do you get to a point where, having l- looked at it and that there's questions and that sort of thing, you go off piece, so to speak. Do you, is there all sorts of other things that come in?
2: Yeah. I think I was nervous when we first started, how's it going to work, you know, is it going to feel kind of awkward like a teacher and a pupil sort yes. of thing. But it just flowed, the Bible speaks for itself. Um, there's, you don't get through a lot of material each time, you go, we go off-piste all the time, I mean we're always going talking about something else, I think that's great um, because it just opens up and, and the friendship is growing around it actually. And how often are you doing this? Um at most once a week we try we 're both busy, so we try and have an hour on Friday to do it during the day
0: yeah Mike, what would you say to somebody, probably a lot of us here like this uh never have never could right so i'm a pastor and i 'm fifty
2: three and i 've only just started uh, if I can do it, you can I think just pray I think god will will open a door for somebody in your life. I do know guys who've come into this church and they're now reading with Paul Reisinger or Evan Sharp because Paul and Evan just got chatting to them in the church and then I know other people who are doing this with with uh, friends or family and the thing is if, if they say no it doesn't really hurt, it, it's fine don't worry about it, you know so you're not risking much I think, and hmm. I think you'll be surprised at how positive people are
0: hmm. Well next week we're going to meet some more people doing this but I've uh, if, if you're involved in doing a one-to-one or been at the other end of receiving a one-to-one, could you just indicate, just put your, your hand up, just be interested to get a flavor. Okay, great, good. That's, uh, and well, if you saw some of those people, you can, you can chat to them. But um, as I said at the beginning, the idea is really to remove the fear factor and say, you know, if we're Christian, any of us can do this, and the materials there, we're gonna look at some of that next week uh, and look at some other things. But I hope what we've done thus far tonight will just encourage you, thanks Mike, just encourage you to uh, in, in the why uh, and remove some of that mystique and fear factor from you. One last thing I'd just like us to, to quietly think about, and I to give you 30 seconds for this. Is there one person but even as we've done this tonight, one person in your life, in your friendship circles and so on, you think, yeah, I'd really, I'd really like to try and ask them to do that. It's that one person. Well, as you have them in your mind, would you now just, in your mind as well, uh, pray for them? And pray for boldness just to, and more especially the opportunity the opportunity that God would just give you a natural opportunity this week in the next couple of weeks that you might take it. If you're anything like me, you sometimes get in a conversation and about a week later you think of the answer that I should have given and I wish I'd said that and that sort of thing. But, you know, just take the opportunity and say, hey, I'm not sure about that answer, but I could find out, should we look at the Bible together? And I want to say this is for all of us, from the youngest in this room to the oldest, And there are some amazing things going on in some of the clubs here. I wonder if in those clubs we've actually taken the opportunity to say, would you like to read the Bible with me? We'd be surprised, I think, at some of the answers. Let me pray and then we're going to sing. And um, we're going to, no, I was going to say we're going to have a cup of tea. We're not. But uh, we can have a chat together. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the fact that you use very ordinary people. We think of those in our, our own lives, those people that have used by you to bring the gospel to us. And thank you for them, Lord, even right now as we think of them in our mind's eye. and We praise you for them. And Lord, we pray that we, individually, would be those who, uh, in due course, even as a result of our encouragement tonight, would be those who in the days to come might be uh, a person that, that that person who's not yet a Christian might look back and say, I'm so thankful that they read the Bible with me. Lord, please encourage us, please empower us. We thank you the power is not in us, it's in you and in your word. But just give us that ability to uh, express our faith and uh, thro- go out into, uh, into the unknown, as it were, by inviting people in this way. So write on our hearts, whatever you want to do this evening, we pray, Father, in the Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's uh, end by telling out the greatness of the Lord. Thanks, Chris.
1: Yeah, let's start and sing together, shall we?
0: Please be seated. Let me read you a great uh, little passage of encouragement from 1 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called to be a Christian. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It's because of him that you're in Christ who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Therefore, as it's written, that the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. May we boast in the Lord this week. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you we have good news, the best news in all the world. Thank you that, as that reading has reminded us, you just take ordinary people like ourselves, not anybody special, to make you known so that you might get the glory. Please, for those folk that we've thought about, that one person that perhaps you've laid on our heart, we ask, Lord, that uh, this week, that opportunity would come up and that uh, we would be surprised and delighted that you would be at work in their lives, that they might agree to sit with us and simply open up your word together. So bless us now, bless us as we go to our workplaces, our places of study, to our homes tomorrow. Father, in all that we do, may we do it for your glory. Amen. 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 Please take those books home with you. They're going to be used in um, life groups, but there's no reason why you can't start reading it already. Thanks Chris.